Hey, welcome back to the Task Talks podcast, the podcast where we talk about all the goings on in the world of school psychology and other random musings. As always, I am Chris Ponce, and with me today, I have two special guests, Brooke Roberts, right-hand man, and Stephanie Mathis. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Hey, Chris. Hey, Stephanie. What's good? Not much. <laughs> Not much. Good. It's all good. It's all good. Out it, is, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> so, so, to some of our uh, consistent listeners, Stephanie is not a new guest member on our podcast. She has been with us before. A phenomenal episode about emotional disturbance in season one. Definitely go back and listen to it. However, as you guys also know, Stephanie is on the board with Brooke and I. And our last board meeting, I did get a nudge at our dinner. And was asked, when can I come back on this podcast? And I'm like, all right, first of all, let's operationally define why you want to do it. She goes, well, and Stephanie, correct me, anything that I'm wrong, but I have sure. thought about this for weeks now. And she was okay. like, so I came on for the ED one, loved it. But there were a lot of times I actually want to talk about other things, but you know, we were focused on an ED episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was like, well, that is true. Thank you for staying within the structure that Brooke and I have created, but also we know you have thoughts. We know you have feelings about things. Would you like to come back on and just kind of go about things? And she was like, hell yes. So absolutely. that's why you're here, right? <laughs> yes. Is that absolutely. basically how it went, Stephanie? That's how it went. Absolutely. I said, put me on. I yeah. want to come back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She, she definitely used seniority on the board um, to impose herself on our podcast. So it's <laughs> good. Um, so Let's do a catch up real quick, Stephanie. So what has kind of changed? I know your board's position has changed. A lot of people don't know about that yet. Um, So what's kind of been going on with you in the past year? So the new position that I have on the board this year is I am the social justice committee chair, which I'm super duper excited about. Um, Definitely my predecessor started a great job and I just have more fire to do new things this year. And so that's kind of what's going on with me as far as the board is concerned. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm here to nudge the board a little bit on to uh, keep the forward movements yes. of the and, movement going on. And your your predecessor was Megan Medina, yes. one of our old, awesome badass hosts from the previous season. Absolutely. Um, but we know that, you know, there's big shoes to fill, but you are more than willing to, to do that stuff, aren't you? My best try. Go and I know you it. got a bunch of goals and things that we'll talk about kind of down the Ooh. road. But, you know, what what inspired you to take that position? Um, honestly, I think by being someone who is a, a practitioner of color and just really making sure we have a voice um, for the voiceless, um, not just for our students, but also for practitioners, because it's hard. I didn't didn't even know what school psych was when I first heard about it. I was like, what's that? Mm-hmm. And the more you got into it, I was like, wait a minute, wait, wait, what? They're putting children of color where? And nobody asked the parents if it was culturally what's going on. So yeah. that's yeah. kind of where it came from for me is like. Gotta do something with this. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So maybe I don't want to put you on the spot here, sure. but this is a podcast. So to you, what what is social justice? You know, why is it important to be familiar with it? You know, I think there. Um, for me, social justice is about being making sure that we're being intentional about being inclusive for everyone, not just what we typically think of, um, but also making sure we're reaching those uh, minoritized groups of uh, practitioners, our LGBTQ community, um, Hispanic populations, not just African-Americans, but really just pushing anybody and everybody, even men, there's not enough men in school psych. Hey, you're my not- minoritized group. Can I get some more men, please? You know, we are trying to load it with women. <laughs> can, I get, wait, can I get some single men? How about that? Oh, one, right? okay, well, <laughs> sorry, my bad. Please. Thank you very much. 
So yeah, so that's kind of been the, for me, that's kind of what is, is making sure there's a voice for the voiceless and that we have a face in the forefront and we're, we're constantly making sure that we are in alignment with what's going on in our culture today and making sure that we're, our face of school cycle looks the same way as well. And I think, so you kind of brought up something and Brooke, go ahead and jump in here if you want to, but. Yeah, I, you know, I was, when I think about, I've had to, um, I, I've had to really crunch down i guess and and ask myself what what does it mean to be just like i think a lot of times when we think of justice and maybe it really depends on on our own um social background uh, or cultural background but um a lot of people when they think about justice they think about punitive justice they think about um justice that is done in order to uh, correct somebody's wrong um that they've done a criminal justice right um, but also when we're thinking about justice, maybe in the context of, of social justice, we're talking about correcting something that has been the source of wrong. Um, and, and so we've got to be thinking in that, in that uh, line where we're trying to fix things because of these inequities and these social injustices. Awesome. And Stephanie, you're going to do all that, right? Uh, yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix it all. Thank you very much. I'm here to fix it all. I'm the I mean, fixer. Does that, does that resonate? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I definitely, I, I definitely agree with where um, the mindset is because it is a, it is a systemic change that has to be made. I think that we just brush it under the rug for so long. It's time to actually put a voice to it and actually start having the hard conversations so that we can change what's wrong. So absolutely. And you kind of brought up something: minorities versus minoritized. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe for some of our listeners, would somebody be, feel comfortable maybe talking about that? What is the difference? Sure. Um, so minorities, we, we, we use that term is more so related to like when you're talking about a certain ethnic group. So like African-Americans or Hispanics or Asian-Americans um, and minoritized is going to be anybody that. Um, Yes, you can be part of those groups, but also looking further into LGBTQ, looking into men versus women or minoritized groups, looking at um, people with disabilities as a minoritized group. So just kind of looking at more, kind of um, narrowing it down into more specific um, types of people or kind of how I think about it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. do, do you think how, how does the, the uh, topic of power factor into these definitions? You know, technically, I guess a minoritized group could actually outnumber a majority group, but still be minoritized. Well, from... also, I don't, a minority in a context is not necessarily marginalized either. Right. I mean, yeah. like Stephanie said, there is a shortage of men in our field. So a white man may be minoritized as a school psychologist, but they're not marginalized. Right. Correct. I mean, that's right. That, that's yeah. some, and that's a, that goes along with power as well. Right, Brooke. I mean, so I didn't mean to say it to you as, <laughs> as the white male on this group, but, <laughs> but it's, it kind of leads kind of from what you were asking. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So something I was kind of thinking about as you guys were talking, how long have you been doing this, Stephanie? Uh, this is my 14th year. And Brooke, yeah. how long have you been doing this? Wow. Uh, not that long, I don't think. So only, I mean, I've, I've been in education my whole life, but as a school psychologist, um, just since, well, just 12 years now. Then. Yeah. So Stephanie, get... Stephanie's out uh, outrunning me. 
<laughs> kids stuff. <laughs> um, do, have you guys seen like a transition? Have you guys seen the the spectrum of our field broaden a little bit? A, a, a small piece I've seen broaden a little bit. I think um, people are more aware now than they were before when I first started in the profession. It was very, even I was very, didn't want to buck the system and say anything, ruffle any feathers. And now I'll be like, no, that's not okay. That's not right. That's not legal. Sorry, yeah. not going to do it. And if you don't like it, I can go get a job somewhere else. There's a shortage in the state. How you yeah, doing? Somebody's going to get me up. I'm going to get picked up. <laughs> that part, that part too. So I feel like over, I've seen over time, um, it's, it's starting to change. It's small changes, but there's still so much to go. There's, there's still so many inequities in the profession that I feel like I'm ready to hold the banner on one end and I need somebody else to hold it on the other. We're going to walk through this thing together. Yeah. Well, I think a big thing maybe with the newer generation, um, and I say newer generation, meaning like people I graduated with, I feel like they're in the schools more. So I, at least in that part, is like being more seen which mm-hmm. brings more attention to us, which means mm-hmm. more, oh, wait, I didn't know you could, oh, you can help me with this? Like things like that. I think that helps a lot with attracting people. I get teachers that ask frequently, how do I do what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Of everything, right? A lot of times they, they do get turned off a little bit by the length of the program and everything you have to do, but they're still inquiring. And that right. was something that right. maybe they weren't thinking about before. So I'm still putting it on their radar. Yeah, you know? I guess it's funny you say that. Someone came up to me today and said, are you Miss Mathis? And I was like, yeah, why are you asking? And they were like, oh, no, I heard that you were a phenomenal school psych and I wanted to know more about it. Oh, yeah, and I was like, a loyal well, listener to me, the Task just, Talks podcast. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. I was like, it's my passion, but like, I guess I'm really passionate and I, and I don't hide that I'm passionate about mental health and about students and about educating everyone. And so I was excited that she was excited and she was a minority too. I was like, come on, we need you. Yeah. Go back to school. It's okay. It may be three years, but it's okay. It's worth it. Yeah. Well, there's, I think there's a, we all kind of go through struggles sometimes of, you know, there's just so much that we have to do. We don't have enough help. There's not enough time in the day mm-hmm. that for somebody to come up or for somebody to inspire you, whether it's a colleague or somebody's training you went to or somebody mm-hmm. at a conference you went to, I think that helps push us along and show that what we do really matters. Absolutely. You know, and, we should continue doing it. You know, I don't, have you ever had and this is for either of you guys, have you ever had anybody that kind of like reignited a fire underneath you or. So funny that you asked that Chris. Huh? <laughs> so our current NASP president was my professor when I was at Texas state. And she was a big push for me to, you can do this. You can do junior high. You're, you're that's a good fit for you. And I was like, no, I'm, I can't do that. It's, You're it's so mean. Good, right. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm fearful. These kids are going to beat me up. She was like, you're fine. You're fine. This is your, this is your niche. And then I guess for me last year at our convention, Charles, God bless this man. Another, Charles yes, so let's also think about Charles this real quick. real quick, Stephanie, before, let me yes. go off on a tangent. This is a big podcast. I know a lot of people listen to it. That's like in jail. But also in the same realm as Dr. Charles Barrett is Stephanie Mathis as exclusive <laughs> guests to our podcast. So it's Dr. Lori Close, Dr. Charles Barrett, Stephanie Mathis. I'll take it. I'm I'll just saying. It. 
is Thank an exclusive you. club. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Go ahead. No, you're fine. I think for, for him, uh, for me, seeing him talk about how passionate he was reunited my fire because I was um, I had one foot out the door, y'all. I was ready to be like, y'all can take it. I'm going to go work at Walmart. Like, I just can't do it anymore. So to have other people in the profession, especially when they look like you and they and you hear their passion and when they say it, it, it kind of makes you want to, what more can I do? Like, I want to get involved. I want to do more. Like, I got some more left in me a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. So for was, me, definitely it's been Dr. Close and definitely Dr. Barrett as well. For Since it's more recent, was it something he said or was it just his presence or Honestly, you were just in his aura for a little bit and you're like, that's all I I'm need? I'm going to just I say guess. his aura. Like, I, I feel all people's aura and energy and just like him walking into the room, like you would think he's, you know, 10 feet tall. Like he just walked with an air of like, I'm confident in what I say and people listen. I want like, I want to be you someday. Like yeah. listen to what I have to say as a school site, please. I like that. He's also humble. Like he's, he's also so, so humble. Um, while we're talking about Charles, um, sure. when he was on our show last season, uh, we asked him uh, his, about his walk-up song. Right. And he chose uh, Benny and the Jets yeah. Um, yeah. By, by Elton John. Stephanie, what would your walk-up song be? Oh, gosh. Oh, that's hard. Um, so I'm an heir of the 2000, you know, thousands, <laughs> and so um, I definitely. So you liked, so you liked the Super Bowl halftime show. I absolutely oh, did. Amazing. I was here for that. Okay. <laughs> um, but if I had to do a walk up, gosh. Uh, okay, you're gonna hate me, but Beyonce's <laughs> "Girls Run the World." There I got it, it is. No, I'm there with Who you. Runs the world. That's that's I mean, it's us. Thanks. I got you. <laughs> With the hair flip and That's everything. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> What's yours, bro? Wrong. Can't go wrong. Oh man, you didn't do that to me, did you? <laughs> I mean, you can't. Do um, that. I don't know. I I don't know. It's got to be something Taylor Swifty. Um, yeah. I don't so know. I got I got a special that. place in my heart for the song "Word Up" by Cameo. That's so that right. would probably be my, it's like literally my favorite song of all time. It's that and like Tom Sawyer by Rush, but like <laughs> oh, super no, eclectic, but I just, I just, it's funky. I feel like it's ahead of its time and the way it, it, it laid down its track and the words and oh, just love, uh. So and Lavar Burton in the music video too, as a police detective, it's great. <laughs> I might, I might have, I don't know. I, I go, I, I am a, a lover of like all genres and I can rotate and, and uh, move from one to another very, very seamlessly. So, I mean, it could be Tom Petty one day and it could be uh, Beastie Boys and Run DMC the next day. Yeah. That shows, that Great. dates me right there. It's I love it. Chris, you were asking, you know, if we were making any progress, if, if we've seen the field kind yeah. of move or, or transition, I think in some ways we have. I think, um, you know, I think something, I think our field attracts people who are edgy and who um, are, um, you know, just gravitate to these kinds of issues. Um, One of the words that has become, I guess, more visible over the past couple of years has been intersectionality. I think it fits in this space. It fits in the, in this domain. Um, And it, 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 when we think about what intersectionality is, it's it's about these identities of individuals that come together and form who that is, and oftentimes, oftentimes makes it more difficult um, to be that person. 
Um, and so when we think about, uh, you know, when we think about the school to prison pipeline, when we think about black boys being disproportionately identified uh, with emotional disturbance or disproportionately disciplined through exclusionary discipline practices, um, you know, it's not just about their possible disability, but it's also about their race. When we think about um, uh people in the LGBT community and the mental health concerns that they can sometimes have because of being excluded from places and spaces in, in society. It's all of those intersecting um, uh, aspects that make them their, that make up their identity. And I think we are coming as a field into understanding that more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think just having more of a presence in general helps with that too, right? I mean, just being on the campus, being a part of things, you know, you know, and wanting to be a voice for some people that maybe don't have it or teach them how to use their voice. That's at least with some counseling kids I've had, that's been a big thing is being able to advocate for yourself when things are a little bit tough, you know, and we practice that, like, how do we use our voice in this situation? What do we say? You know, what's the good things to say? How do we get things done? That type of stuff. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Brooke, completely. Yeah, I do too. Um, I definitely, uh, I think when you, especially for someone like myself who wears many hats, I'm a female, I'm African-American, I went to HBCU. I have so many different things that make me unique all bundled into one. So that makes me a better school psychologist because of that. I feel like mm -hmm. I can take from over here and take from over there. And the fact that I made myself, you know, deal with mental health myself and like, and, and being transparent about who I am and standing in my truth helps me put all those pieces together when they intersect together to say, okay, now I know what it feels like to be on this side and on that side and how do we work together? So I definitely feel like that for me, um, kind of where it, it all fits in with me, I guess. And you've, you've talked about it before, Stephanie, about, you know, your mental, mental health struggles that you've personally had. And we don't have to go into details, but do you feel like having those helps you, makes you better at your job? Absolutely. I feel like I bring a realism to what I do. So when I speak and say, think about students with mental health, I was that student. I am that person. And so the first question I ask when I do my presentation now is, do I look like I have mental health illness to you? And people say, no. So I say, confident. of course not. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they're like, no. And so when you tell them, they're like, wait, what? And so I said, I like the term I'm unique. I'm different. So start looking at kids that have mental health issues as they're unique. They're different. It's not a wrong different. It's, it's, it's a great difference. Um, and so I kind of have want people to shift their mindset a little bit and kind of destigmatize that word of like, you know, crazy or you're psycho or you're, you know, just because I have a disability doesn't mean I'm going to, that's who I am. It doesn't define who I am as a person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, so I, in a lot of my interpretations, that's kind of for like autism or ED or, you mm -hmm. know, ID too, even um, we tend to spend a little bit of time going over the data, but then we talk about, this doesn't mean, this doesn't mean they're lesser than this is me. This uh, we're just need to refocus and reshift how we're going to approach life, mm -hmm. you know? And as the parent, you are, you are the foundation of that. So we are going to put these supports in the place. We're going to help them as much in the school, but we need to make sure that they are given the best set of skills possible because they are fully capable of doing all these things. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So we can't, you know, treat them less than mm -hmm. if we expect them 
to do well, which they can do. Yeah. You know? So you have to have this, this, the same standards you have for students with no disabilities that they have for students with them. Mm-hmm. They, they let make them rise to the occasion because they can do it. They yeah. absolutely can do it. We just need to refo- we need to rethink how we maybe approach things, right? Correct. That's kind of, Correct. you know, how the conversation ends up going. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I get that some people may still be afraid of some of these words sure. and are maybe concerned about having this conversation, but mm-hmm. the more we talk about it, the easier it is to talk about, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I mean, it was, I still remember the first time I had to tell a parent their child had, I was intellectually disabled and I was so uncomfortable doing it when I was an intern. So I'm like, I'm going to hurt their feelings. I'm going to hurt their, like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. But my supervisor's like, no, no, no. What you're doing is you're helping them. You're helping them reshift and refocus how they're going to approach their child's life. So you're helping them do this, right? You can't be afraid. Yeah. Be yeah. the helper in this situation. Yeah. Don't just spit out numbers and then boom, have fun with that type of thing. Yeah. You know? And I guess for me, that was kind of my mindset when I brought to the table for our board about doing a social justice inspired activity as a board, because I feel like this is a safe place to be able to have those hard conversations. And if we don't start having them at home, how do we expect our organization to grow if we don't start um, laying the foundation? And so that's kind of was my inspiration when I took a leap of faith and said, well, let's see if anybody's interested in who would have thought that dang the entire board is interested? Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> no. What a way to seg, Stephanie, into your so process. you're so you're leading leading uh, that group in a book study, a read along of uh, White Fragility. Yes. What are have you gone through it already? Through the the have you read the book already? Not cover to cover. No, I have not. <laughs> um, but I have started reading the book and. I, it's, it has my mind working with where I kind of want us to have our conversations to move our organization forward. Mm-hmm. I think more so for me, there were kind of things I already knew a little bit so far in reading, but to hear it from another perspective, someone who is in that realm kind of is eye-opening. Yeah. And so I think it's going to help us to have authentic conversations, mm-hmm. to have hard conversations um, so that we can then come up with solution. I want us to be solution focused on, okay, here's the problem at hand. How do we move past that? And so that's really my mindset with approaching our book study for. So can you give us one or two key thoughts that you have already been good takeaways for you? Oh gosh. From, uh, from that book? Um, uh, well, maybe before you do that, maybe why did you choose that book? Um, honestly, I asked some other board members, what would be a good First, I thought a quick read. I mean, it's going to be honest. You know, we're all working individuals. This is this is a volunteer organization, but I wanted to be impactful, even though it might be a short read. And so, actually, Ashley Arnold was the person that recommended White Fragility, and I was like, "Ooh, that might be a place to start." Because the book I wanted to really start with was kind of like looking very scholarly like, and I was like, "People are going to be like, no, Stephanie, we're not going to read that book." <laughs> so. <laughs> I thought it's better to start with, you know, the majority of our board is, is made up of um, Caucasians, which is fine. But I think it's, it's, it's really what's in the forefront right now uh, in society wise. And so I think we have to start having those conversations. And so some of the ahas I've gotten so far is just like that it goes, it dates back so far. Like I didn't, I mean, yes, you're, we're aware it's been 400 years since slavery plus, but like just the mindset of some things have been so ingrained from the inception of this country. It's like, wow, we have to deprogram all of that. So I'm like, wow, this is going to be, 
some good juicy stuff. I can't wait for April to come so we can have our first dive in. There you go. All right, but let's go back to Brooke's question. So what are some yes. of the things you pulled out? I mean, I, I'll be honest, I haven't read that much just because of work and stuff, but what I've gotten so far is just that the um, historical context of where this mindset of racism comes from and, and the group in which it started with so far has been the biggest eye-opener for me. Um, thus far in reading so i definitely will say i'll leave it at that that's 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 a no that's that's interesting um there in early on in the book she says and i think she's quoting somebody um and she says race is not the father of races no let's see here yeah race is not the father of racism rather the child of racism mm, yeah. and and so what she's trying to point out is that race is is socially constructed mm-hmm. um and the only the the reason that racism exists is because somebody along the way needed to find a way to treat individuals as a group different from others absolutely yep um, and so if you think when you get to that part in the in the book, like let it seek in, sink in um, that race, we don't have necessarily a race problem. We have a racism problem. Correct. Correct. I like that, Brooke. Dang. Mm. <laughs> reading this weekend. Thank you, sir. With all my reports, I have to do as well. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I I got the uh, I got I have the audible version, and so I listen to it when I drive. Uh, and sometimes it takes me, uh, you know, three or four times to listen to the same passage before I'm really able to mm-hmm. absorb it and uh, and and let it sink in. And you got some long road trips too, Brooke. I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> the other day. Yeah. Um, so that's very exciting. Is there any other type of projects or what are some of the goals you want to do? Sure. And so I must say that I have an awesome committee of uh, volunteers who are members who wanted to kind of take the reins and just kind of had to delegate my vision. And so my biggest um, vision this year is that we have some cultural um, and diverse inclusion scholarships. I want to give out scholarships this year to um, student members and also to regular members as well. I think that we oftentimes just think about students. Um, and so I'm in the process of working with our team to do some research and how we're gonna write up our proposals, how we're gonna have uh, the scholarship ready to kind of go up and people can apply for it. And then that's the first big project. The second big project is doing our fundraiser for social justice. And I have some creative people who want to make a shirt. I said, go for it. Design a shirt. We'll vote on the shirt and then we'll go forth and sell the T-shirt, you know, revenue. There we go. And then those um, proceeds will go towards the scholarships this year. And then um, my biggest push, and I guess because I am a product of an HBCU, (laughs) is really pushing the NASP Exposure Project through our HBCUs and HSIs this year, especially um, in the Texas. And so I have, we have 10 schools that I told everybody we're gonna divide and conquer and everybody takes two and we're gonna, we're gonna contact and we're gonna go forth and do. So I'm really super excited about that this year as well. What are some of the, right off the top of your head, do you know which schools those are? Yes, I do. Thank you so yeah. much for asking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Prairie View A&M University, um is one of schools texas southern university is another that we're going to target 
trying to think what else do we you know you're gonna ask me that question hold on Houston Tilson University in Austin we are going to Target as well hold on Brooke goodness you asked me if I was <laughs> off my head good gracious God, uh, figure maybe some the HSI's uh, UT Rio Grande Valley <laughs> yes so I was I will say this much I'm I'm pushing right now because I wanted us to be uh, a reachable goal. We, we're starting with HBCUs. Okay. We have a couple of HSIs in there. We're going to do Paul Quinn College for sure, SWCC, St. Phillips, and San Antonio area, Wiley College, and Texas College are the main ones we're focusing on right now. And then, of course, I want to trickle in some of our HSIs as well. But I figured if we do start small, we can get those schools and then we can add on to it. Mm-hmm. Usually we do this at the end, but if, if there are listeners that want to help Stephanie, like, please what can they do they can email me at social justice at txspn.org <laughs> and let me know <laughs> definitely would love to have uh, people who are boots on the ground who have connections in some of those schools and, and elsewhere to definitely help with the NASA exposure project for sure have you have you done any of the exposure project presentations no, I have yet to done one myself, but um, several of the committee members have done it before. So I'm excited to do. I'm I'm taking on Paul Quinn College. That's where I'm going. I'm gonna yeah. make contact with since it's here in Dallas area. I'm gonna try to put my toe in the water and see what's yeah. going on there. <laughs> Say because I I've done a couple of them, mostly to high schools, and mm-hmm. you know I think one of the, maybe the limitations of doing it in high school. I don't know if it's a limitation. One of the hard things is this is like a long term goal for a lot of for anybody in high school, doesn't matter who it is, right? Because we're saying after you graduate and then after you get your bachelor's, then you can apply to become a school psychologist. And then after you go to grad school, right. you can be a school. So it's a lot of like, oh, that's like what, seven years? I mean, that's really only two things, I guess. But I mean, it's like yeah. a, a low key, you know, uh, motivational speaker or something like that. <laughs> but, but, you know, everybody's always very much interested. Everybody sure. always asks, how much do you get paid? But I mean, that's a high school mm-hmm. life, right? Like how much yeah. money am I going to be making yeah. down the road? But yeah. I I usually get very good feedback. Brooke, have you? I actually have one scheduled for tomorrow evening. Nice. Oh. Um, it's uh, in Central Texas um, in a school district. It's not with college students or, or high school kids. It's actually with educators who are um, being recruited into other fields. Nice. Um, and so um, anyways, I was actually going over our notes and I'll put a little plug here. We do have a Texified version of the NASP practice. I mean, the, uh, the NASP exposure project uh, PowerPoint, and that is on the task website. Uh, so you can get a, a copy of it. It kind of changes some of the language around um, and uh, puts the different universities on there that have training programs uh, in Texas. So, um, but yeah, my one of, I, I've only presented it one or two times before, and then tomorrow night I've I've got a got it scheduled. So hopefully there'll be a couple people who show up. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> well, usually I get a lot of, at least with the high schools, a lot of guys are interested, which is good for us, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's of all races and, and things, but it's nice to hear them interested and in wanting to come back. Um, I had one individual come up and was like, yeah, you know, like I struggle with mental health. I would love to come and give back. But then that's what, that's, this is the exact kid I was thinking about when he was like, so what do we, what do I, how do I become a school psych? And I'm like, all right, so after you graduate, you got to go get your bachelor's <laughs> and then you got to find a school that has a school psych program and then go to grad school. And he was, and I did, I was trying to like pep him up and motivate him, but I'm also motivating him for like 
eight straight years. Like that's what I'm trying <laughs> to do. Like, so that's the best it, way to do it is just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it. I love it. I love giving it. Kids love it. Um, I've given it to, I think just one college group before and they were super interested in it too. So it's awesome. I'm really happy that you're doing that, Stephanie. Oh, thank you. I think that's a really cool thing to be doing. And so what, what are you hoping to accomplish just by the end of it? Just broaden the scope of our field, make a name for yourself, all the above. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's, it's not about me. It's about the profession. I know, I know, I know, yes. I'm humbled by it. And trust me, if it gets my name out, that's great. But I just want the exposure. I just want people to know that this field exists and that we want you. Um, I think that someone had to reach back and, and pull me up by my bootstraps and say, come along to think about school psych. And so I just want to make sure that I can I can reach back and say, hey, come on, this is a great profession to be in. It's, it's rewarding, it's fulfilling. You know, having been a daughter of a teacher for 39 years and a grandmother of 50, I was like, I can't be in the classroom. That's not my gift, but I can be a support person. Let's go school psych. So um, if if it doesn't do anything else other than just give someone an option, that's all I really want is for someone to have an option of, hmm, I didn't think about that. Do, do you I'm think, do you think, um, I think we know the answer, but let's just hear everybody's thoughts on it. Do you think just having more diverse school psychs helps with disproportionality? Absolutely. It does. I think because it gives, um, not just a voice to voiceless, but it also gives perspective to maybe we didn't consider other things before. So like having be being from a minoritized group and then being able to advocate for you know, is he really ADHD or is it that it's culturally we can't sit down? I mean, I can't sit down for eight hours and yeah. I don't have ADHD. I yeah. have to get up and move. It's just part of who I am as a person. And also part of my culture is that we came from um, <laughs> a culture where we dance and we get up in mad movement. And yeah. so, so I, I definitely feel like it helps have a perspective. And then also for parents to see someone who looks like them advocating for them and their child. I've had parents cry and say, you're the first person to even talk to me like a, like a human being and not down to me. And so that just brings so much joy to my heart to know that you're not in this alone. You know, I'm here um, for you and I mean well for your child and want to see your child succeed. So I definitely feel like it helps to have some allies when you see someone at the table who does it, who looks like you like, okay, this person's going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. Gonna, Fingers crossed. Yeah. Hopefully. God forbid. Right. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I think it would be remiss if we didn't note our role um, to speak out on those. I mean, Stephanie's talking about the speaking on behalf of those those kids who don't have voices or those individuals who don't have voices. And, and we're in a, a very peculiar spot um, in Texas. I know that our, um, midterm primaries have been going on um, and so we're starting to see some action on the the side of one party to um, shut down critical race theory being taught and pull social emotional learning curriculum from schools and uh, remove controversial books from school libraries um, and then we have a governor who's who's um, you know trying to, to get the uh, Department of State and State Health Services to investigate parents who are uh, affirming of their, of their children's transgender medical care. Um, and so I, I think we do have a role um, to, to be that voice. And, and maybe 
maybe it's even bigger than that. Maybe it's 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 not just being a voice, but it's it's taking action and actually um, moving into these places and into these spaces. Stop being a passive listener, right? <laughs> exactly. Get in and do the action, please. Please get do the work. The work. Um, and I think that's why it's important. I think that's why um, we have a tagline for social justice that it's more than just a, it's not a moment, it's a movement. And so to keep that in perspective, the entire time we're doing the work um, of social justice is that it's not a moment of time. It's not a snapshot. It, this is going to be a forever changing and involving movement. And can you say I was part of the movement or were you a bystander? Well, I don't want to be a bystander. I want to be part of the movement. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And Brooke, along those lines, where do you think the role is for the school psych to be an advocate, to be an educator, to, do you think we have, well, I, I think, I mean, I think I that's think, a loaded question, by the way. Well, it's not, it's, it, it's not yeah. loaded. It's it, but it's developmental for me. Yeah. It's going to be different than maybe what it is for, for Stephanie or what it's going to be for, for somebody else. I mean, it's could also be regional. I mean, I live at a part of Texas that, it, nobody wants to live in um and and so the the things that i can be involved with in my community are different than i could be involved with um if i lived in austin and could be at the capitol um but that doesn't mean that i can't go to a school board mm-hmm. um meeting and spend three minutes at the very beginning addressing the school board during open comment period um uh, you know, I'm, Stephanie Blank was just on a, a Task Talks uh, Zoom webinar this week, you know, saying this is an opportunity to go to school boards to to talk to them about uh, about issues that are important to you um, and, and to us. So it's going to be developmental, Chris. I mean, it, it's for some of us, it's going to be about posting on on social media. For some of us, it's going to be showing up in those places where maybe those queer kids are. Um, and 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 locking arms with them, um, uh, so it, it's it's just going to be <laughs> uh, individualized. Absolutely, absolutely. Stephanie, do you have thoughts on that? Um, I, I definitely agree with Brooke. I guess it just depends on where you're. Like, I mean, me being in the DFW area, I have um, the diversity of the, the area where in which I work is pretty diverse in itself, but then also too being mindful that I'm going to have to interject my places, myself into those spaces in places where those people are, or those students are intentionally, but doing it with care. I think you have to move authentically. I think you have to them to feel like they have an ally and not somebody who's just there to tell them what to do. And so for me, I want to be respectful of, um, that I'm here for you and how can I help? And that's the first thing is asking where, where, where can I help at? Where, where, where do you need me? Where, where do you want me to be? And so kind of allowing them to say, I need you here for this support. I need you to help this kind of way. And so not to kind of overwhelm somebody or cause more anxiety, but more, more so to be, I want to help. And how do I do that? And so I always ask, on my campuses, you know, how can I help teachers? How can I help you guys as administrators? Yes, I have to test. Yes, I have to. But a passion of mine is doing more than that. So if you need me to come speak 20 minutes at the at a faculty meeting on a Tuesday, when I don't want to, it's okay, I'm going to come. And I'm going to give you what you need. And then I'm going to go forth and say, um, don't give me more referrals. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> help me help you. Help me. 
help yes. you, right? There you go. There you go. So I think it's just a matter of um, personally, where do you feel like you, you can start and not feel like you have to dive in head first? Yeah. I also don't think we can ignore the impact of the pandemic on groups of people as well. I mean, sure. there's a loss of community right? When you're not mm-hmm. with friends every single day, mm-hmm. a lot of things come up when you're, and I know I'm speaking to like two years ago when it really started and everybody was quarantined, but those have lasting effects. We, as school psychs, we are dealing with those lasting effects currently, you know? Um, so I think it's just important to remember all that stuff is playing a huge part in these kids' lives. By the way, also past star, right? I mean, on top of everything yeah, else, right? right? So right. get rid of the stupid test, please. Get rid of the test. Hey, did either of you guys? There was a movie that came out last year uh, called Joe Bell. Uh, did either of you see it with Mark Wahlberg? Ah, we we are talking about rappers, so yes. Um, <laughs> I missed that one. Uh, it was Marky Mark. Uh, Marky he doesn't like to be called that box. anymore. <laughs> oh well, okay. He's from Boston. Well, always Mark Mark He's a very loyal me. listener, so I just don't want to mess <laughs> oh, up our, okay. our celebrity our celebrity <laughs> listener. Did you, did you see it, Chris? Yeah, of course I did. It's a phenomenal film. Do you kind of want to talk oh, about it, or do you want me to? I... No, go ahead. It's go about Jaden Bell. You know, uh, an individual who was bullied. Um, he was gay, and it's really about his father. Um, Jaden mm-hmm. ends up committing suicide. Correct. Yeah. And then his dad goes on a journey to you know, be a voice for his son who's no longer with us anymore. Um, it's based on a true story. I believe it happened early 2000, like early aughts, like 2012 or something. I think that's what it's called. No, I think that's 2000 to 2009. So the early teens <laughs> um, when uh, Jaden passed, but um, it was I a- would- you know, it's, it's, it wasn't a, like a, like cyberbullying was a huge thing about it yes, too. Yes. And it, and it wasn't a major, um, you know, major production film. I mean, it wasn't, they didn't use a whole big budget for it. Um, but I would really encourage everybody to, to go and watch it. I, one of the things that it stood, uh, you know, uh, the, the father, Joe, he's kind of on his own journey. He's trying to figure out what this means as what, what it means also to, to have a gay son. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes from like to different communities and he offers to just speak um, and, uh, and do some public speak. And the first couple of times that he did that, he stumbled over himself. And I think we do the same thing when we're entering into this kind of work we expect ourselves to be able to have all of the right words to say, to say things the way that they're supposed to be said, but we, we misstep, we trip, we stumble. Um, and it's only engaging in, it's only when we engage in this process that we actually begin to have the competence and the proficiency um, to, to make those, those differences and to make those improvements. As we are on our own journey, we can then affect other people's journeys. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's also another thing to bring up. They started a, some, a nonprofit called Faces for Change. It's an anti-bullying foundation. And also, it, it, not to bring it down anymore, Joe, the father, he ended up dying. He got hit yeah. by a truck while he was yeah. doing his walk across the country. Oh, wow. So he actually never even finished his transcontinental, you know, walk that he was going to do. So, but I agree, Brooke, just talking, right? So, I mean, I'm not going to have all the words all the time, but 
Well, I think it's just like I mean, it's just like what you were saying a little bit ago when you were into that art meeting and you were having to, um, you know, or talk with that family about their child meeting eligibility criteria as a student with intellectual disability. You didn't it didn't roll off your tongue no. that first time. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you you tripped it up and and, um, and and we're going to do that until until it becomes part of our fluency. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's important to show to show each other grace in that. I mean, we're no one's perfect. And Stephanie, LSP, you know, year 14 looks very different than the year one and two. Like I didn't know anything year one and two. I was like, yes, whatever you want. Sure. Of course I'll do that. Yes. Yes. And now I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And here's why. (laughs) Absolutely. Advocate for yourself. Hey, you know what? I bet you Chris in year one did not know in like five years he was going to be put in his place by a third grader who would eat a lemon rind and all in front of him and just like (laughs) totally blow his mind and just be like, I don't, I can't get through the rest of the day. It's only 9am, but what do you want me to do young lady? (laughs) And then she sticks the straw in the lemon and drinks out the juice. This, this girl, Oh, it has stuck with me to this day. She is clearly alpha in that situation. I bow down to her. (laughs) Um, so Stephanie, anything else you can, we're getting kind of close to the end here. I have a new round of lightning round questions to go to ask right. you. Um, but I don't want to kind of move on from a topic that maybe we haven't touched on or something you want to speak to. No, I, I, I think we pretty much hit it all. I just want um, our listeners to know that we want you. We, if you're interested in wanting to be a part of the movement, definitely um, want this to be a platform that you feel that you can find somewhere, a place and space to interject. Um, this is not just one person. I'm just a chair, but it takes a team. It takes a village. And so um, definitely just be on the lookout for things coming up. Um, my team's working hard, fast and furious, and just be on the lookout. Brooke, anything else on anything we talked about today? I'm ready for these new, uh, new lightning round questions. Oh, well, I think you've actually thrown some in there too. <laughs> I may to have. I may have. I so can... this is one that Brooke threw in there that I really like, and this is kind of be for everybody, but Stephanie, okay. you'll go first. So would you <laughs> rather run for school board, a seat on the state board of education, a state representative, or a senator? School board. <laughs> Boop. See, I would do school board as well. I'm more about the micro change instead of the macro. What about you, Brooke? Uh, you know, I, I I like some of our school board members, so I'm going to leave that there. But I would <laughs> does that be your run... school board? It could just yeah, be any well, school board. <laughs> maybe I think I think maybe board of education, the state board of education. Yeah. So cool. so Steffi and I will take care of the trenches stuff. Yeah. There you go. And then there you go. Go to there Brooke go. for the other stuff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your favorite zoo animal? When you go to the zoo, if you go to the zoo, are you like, all right, before we leave, I need to go check out. So mine's going to be, I, I have, they're they're stinky as I'll get out, but I love them. I want to go see the elephants, please. I want to see the baby with the mommy. I want to see that. Yes. Majestic. They are. They are. They're majestic goofballs is what they are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you sing karaoke? I'm that is not my uh, my gift no okay so if you were put on the spot and you had to do it to save Brooke and I's life what would you sing (laughs) and you have to finish the song and you have to give it your all oh my gosh this this is wait a minute what did I sign up for I will never again at a dinner say put me on the podcast Um, so here so while you're thinking a new song that's come into my life is uh shut up and dance by walk the moon it's like shut up and dance with me oh my god I love it 
Okay. And I've been blasting that song. So right now, that would be my karaoke oh. song. <laughs> Yikes. I, um, um, <laughs> this is too much pressure. Um, the song that comes to mind is going to be so cliche, but that's fine. Mary J. Blige has a new song called um, Good Morning Gorgeous. And it's uh, reaffirming to yourself, just like good morning to yourself. Like I'm gorgeous and I'm affirming myself. I don't need a man to reaffirm me. I'm in that, I'm in that place in my life, whatever, I've been stuck. <laughs> so, you know, a little good, a good morning gorgeous, you know. Is that, is that, is that Mary J. Blige? Yes, it is. Mary okay. J. Blige. There you That's go. Mm-hmm. Brooke, yeah. do you got one? You got to stay Stephanie and I's life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, my standard is Elvira by the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> <laughs> And um, Brooke, who is that? I'm sorry. (laughs) That's the first concert I ever went to. Yeah. You know, you got to remember, I was born and raised in rural West Texas. (laughs) Stephanie, what was your first concert? Oh, gosh. My first concert, believe it or not, was Sneakers on the Block. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Had the T-shirt, the button and everything then, okay? The button. (laughs) The button was big back in the day. But. So funny, my first concert I ever went to, I went with a friend's family, but we went to go see um, a double header of Leonard Skinner and Allman Brothers. It was the worst smelling concert I have ever been to. And now I know the reason why. Yeah, Back then I yeah. didn't. I don't understand why they kept throwing this leaf up there on the screen <laughs> during the Allman Brothers set. I was very much confused, but uh, that was one that has always stuck with me. So I'm like, all so many things now that I know about life and culture and people. So. <laughs> when you were younger, Stephanie, what'd you want to be? Oh gosh, the young Stephanie. Um, believe it or not, I wanted to be a school teacher. Yeah. I mean, to grow up as with, with a family of educators, I wanted to. Your models were so. You know that either that or a flight attendant, one of the two. Like I used to play airplane, like that because they're here, 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 and here. Over the over the wing, (laughs) down, please. These are peanuts, you know. And this is not an anti-teaching thing, but when did you know you couldn't be a teacher or you didn't want to be a teacher? Um, For me, it was couldn't be a teacher, but (laughs) because I don't have those skills. Gosh, when did I know? I think when I saw my mother <laughs> towards the end of her career, um, she's not very technically savvy and she's very old school. She's, she used to still write out her comments by hand in cursive. Oh. And she asked me that last year, I told her it's time to retire. Can you type my um, comments? I said, I'm not going to be a teacher. Bump this thing. And I was <laughs> writing comments like in 20 minutes, like, she's like you're done i was like i'm done never again thanks (laughs) there's a there's a great new show called abbott elementary are you guys watching this show i've seen it it is phenomenal and i love Mm -hmm. it because it shows you know schools and people and a whole bunch of people coming to help these students in a low-income school Mm -hmm. and it's funny too by the way but i love that show i just love it i love the old kindergarten teacher has been doing it 30 years Mm -hmm. and she's so good at her job but she's Mm -hmm. also very stubborn (laughs) and stuff like that but (laughs) That's all. Weird side tangent. All right. Um, what do you use your phone for the most? Mm, probably Facebook. Only yeah. because it's a way that I connect with people I haven't seen in a while and family and stuff. Yeah. That's a great answer, by the way. You didn't go with mm-hmm. a normal like, oh, it's because I'm surfing on it all day. It's it's the mm-hmm. connection. It's the sense. There of- you go. I'm <laughs> school psych brain. Here we go. Okay. What's your biggest fear? Brooke and I have talked about our biggest fears before. What's your biggest fear? Um, not being able to have either a child myself or adopted child to leave 
a lasting legacy with. That's my mm. biggest fear. Yeah. I, I do have an intrinsic fear of being forgotten. Not to get too deep. What? You forgotten? No. <laughs> well, just over time, it will happen. I'm always like, what's going to happen? Like watching, there's a old Scorsese film. I'm saying this like it's that old. It's not that old. But Gangs of New York came out in like the, the aughts, right? There's this, it's a great movie about Billy the Butcher and the priest and all these people. And at the very end, they show the gravestones of these two very important people in this time period. And they show New York growing behind it. And these tombstones of important people just slowly being faded away mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god this is me i don't want oh my god no <laughs> like and that is a huge fear of mine so oh, sorry to get deep brooke what was your biggest fear? what's your other fear besides whatever you said before <laughs> i hate i hate snakes Snakes. I, hate, I am so scared of snakes they turn my my stomach i like start quivering oh. and just look at like even watching them in a movie or on tv yeah, I don't. If I go to the zoo, I skip the reptile room. Reptile house. Yeah. <laughs> when I used to work at the pet store, snakes were never an issue, but I people would want to buy like scorpions and stuff. So I would have to like pick up a scorpion and put it in oh, my no. hand and not show the person that I'm afraid because I'm also trying to make a sale and trying to keep my left <laughs> hand still because that's but the right hand shaking underneath. Like, oh god, oh, it's moving up my arm. You, you sure you don't want it? Okay, <laughs> back in the container. <laughs> List two pet peeves. So I guess because I'm so beautiful and I'm so young. And <laughs> Which she is teens. for anybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest pet peeve, especially professionally, is when my professional um, integrity is questioned because I look young and I get talked down to. I hate that. Like I have to remind myself, Stephanie, they don't know who you are. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. And then I was brought up, I'm an 80s baby. And so the kids that say, yeah, and yep, and huh. Like there's no, huh? It's yes, ma'am. No, sir. Like that is the biggest pet peeve for me is just, can you get a little manners, please? Yeah. Etiquette 101. Thanks. I, I like doing my power walk down hallways at like high schools when they're like, Hey, Hey. And I'm just like, I'm just continue on walking until somebody appropriately calls my name or Correct. something like that. Yeah. So, and I was like, why don't you turn around? I'm like, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but <laughs> All right. Last question. Where do you see yourself in five years? Honestly, in five years, I would love to um, have started my own uh, mental health consulting firm Mm -hmm. of some sort and travel and just really talk about mental health and school site and kind of continue to to move in that direction. I would love to be an accomplished author. I'm I'm still going with this curriculum. We're trying to get this thing published here. SEL for girls, right? Merchandise. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of where I see myself in five years is is doing something or a combination of those things. For those who don't know, it was an SEL program that you started working on with girls, correct? Yes. Have you been Mm -hmm. able to expand it to the gentle boys yet? I have not been able to, especially with the pandemic these last two years, it's kind of stopped my momentum, but that's definitely in the forefront of what I want to move forward and do for sure. Absolutely. Man, that's exciting. That's awesome. Stephanie, I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. At such a young age, too. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll be 40 this year. Hello. Oh, hello. Big 4-0. Yes. Any final thoughts, Stephanie? Um, I just want to say thank you for having me back on the podcast. This is fun. And I love to talk about being a school psych and just what it is to me and my passion. And so I have been... uh, I guess I'm just excited about what's to come in the future. Like I'm just, I'm pumped up and I hope that I'll, I'm going to shake some trees a little bit and, you know, hope that I make some people mad, but um, I'm here for it. I'm excited. That's awesome. And for people that need to reach out to you for anything, how do they contact you again? Can you say the email again? 
Sure. It's social justice at everybody bring it that at the app part. Okay. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the TXASP.org um, and reach out. So, you know, go on go to our websites, um, click there for me and just send me an email. Shoot it out. Absolutely. Brooke, anything else you want to talk about? Stephanie, you're awesome. Appreciate oh, all the work you, you do. And um, I look forward just keeping keeping us moving, moving ahead. Of course. Yeah. And you never know. Natasha may make an appearance in April. Uh-oh. She Uh-oh. may show up. That's, that's my alter ego. She might show up. <laughs> that's near your birthday, right? Is the April the near your birthday one? April is my birthday in that month. Yes. So she might show up. Very yeah. exciting, very I'm also very excited for our annual reunion with Stephanie Mathis next year on the podcast where we talk about more of what's been going on with you but for all of our listeners out there thank you for joining us again make sure you follow us on all of our social medias facebook instagram at txasp keep listening keep helping out be good people influence somebody and finally make good choices